Good afternoon. My name is Shirley Nelson and I will be your moderator for this class. This is a school and not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958. <clears throat> we hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southville branch was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean of the Southville branch, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the president, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language the Greek language nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our father and his son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, 
everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man cannot perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifests himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved 
saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword, peace, our slogan, speak the truth. And at this time, we'll have a prayer by the president of the Southville branch, Dr. Edward Yule, followed by scripture reading, Acts, the sixth chapter, the eighth through the 15th verse, and Acts, the seventh chapter, to be read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Yule. Are you there, Dr. Yule? You have to unmute yourself, Dr. Yule. Good afternoon, class, and uh, those attending in this lecture. Um, we want to be thankful for the things that have been bestowed upon us and give all credit to Yahshua Messiah. And we want to give special thanks to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, who gave us a divine vision and a revelation that we can prove all things physical and spiritual by that threefold pattern, that universal pattern, which is Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, all wrapped in one. We want to clearly understand that Yahweh is spirit and he has given to us through this divine teaching, through this vision, a way of knowing the difference between a truth and a lie. And we have to hold on to the truth. And the only truth is in Yahshua Messiah, our Savior. And let us be diligent on the things that we have learned. And we want to make sure that those things are in our heart, in our mind, in our body, mind, body, and spirit. And those are the things that we should know at this point. We are in a heavenly state right now because Yahshua is come. He has poured out his spirit to first to the Jew at, on the day of Pentecost, then to the Gentiles seven years later. And since that time, all those that believe that Yahshua Messiah is the only salvation, is the only savior, his blood is the only blood that was worthy to atone us, our sins. And we want to be thankful for that. So let us all Again, be diligent and seek those things that we know that Yahshua will put in us because that's why we want him in our hearts and mind and we want to be glorified with him when he returns back to pure spirit from which all things came from. With all those, let us say hallelujah. Thank you for the prayer. Hallelujah. I'd like to say good morning to the class. And I'll be reading out of the King James Version, substituting the true names where appropriate. That's Acts 6 and 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and of the Cyrenes, and of the Alexandrines, and of them of Silica and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. 
Then they suborned men, which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against Yahweh. And they stared up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, this man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Yahshua of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men, brethren, and fathers hearken. The Elohim of glory appeared unto father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Quran and said unto him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Quran. And from hence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein you now dwell. And he gave him non-inheritance in it. No, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. And Yahweh spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said Yahweh. And after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot the 12 patriarchs. And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but Yahweh was with them and delivered him out of all his afflictions, <clears throat> excuse me, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Now there came a death, excuse me. Now there came a dearth over all the land of Egypt and Sharan and great affliction. And our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him, and all his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls. So Jacob went down into Egypt and died, he and our fathers, and were carried over into Shechem and laid in the sepulcher that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons of Emor, the father of Shechem. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which Yahweh had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Till another king arose, which knew not Joseph, the same dealt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children to the end they might not live. And which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair, and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full of 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brother and the children of Israel. 
And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that Yahweh by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again saying, sirs, you are brethren, why do you wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian and where he begat two sons. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him the, in the wilderness of Sinai an angel of Yahweh in the flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of Yahweh came unto him saying, I am the Elohim of thy fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, and the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said Yahweh to him, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and I am come down to deliver them. And now come I, excuse me, and now come, I will send thee into Egypt. This Moses, whom they refused, say, who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did Yahweh send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel, which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall Yahweh your Elohim raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, he shall ye hear. This is he that was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt, saying unto Aaron, make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifices unto the idol and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then Yahweh turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. And as it is written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, have you offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of 40 years in the wilderness? Yea, you took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Rephim, figures which you made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen which also our fathers that came after brought in with Yahshua into the possession of the Gentiles, whom Yahweh drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before <clears throat> Yahweh and decide, desired to find a tabernacle for the Elohim of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne, 
earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith Yahweh? Or what is the place of my rest? Has not my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which show before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of Elohim and Yahshua standing on the right hand of Yahweh and, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of Yahweh. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon, <clears throat> excuse me, calling upon Yahweh and saying, Savior Yahshua, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Yahweh, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That was Acts 6, 8 through 15 in the seventh chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Edward Yule for the prayer and Dr. Lauren Lewis for the scripture reading. And now we'd also like to acknowledge or we want to thank everyone for attending the Zoom lecture today. We'd like to acknowledge some visiting brethren. Our visiting brethren, uh, Dr. Lenore Allen, Dean, from the Brooklyn, New York class, Dr. Joel Turner, Dean from the Tampa, Florida class, Dr. Tina Pettigrew from our Lansing branch, and Dr. Clifford Cardoza from Malaysia. Our scripture readings readers today will be Dr. April Lewis and Dr. Lauren Lewis. And now it is with pleasure that we call on for our first speaker, Dr. Joel Turner, Dean of the Tampa, Florida branch. Dr. Turner. Good afternoon, can, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, um, thank you very much for the invite. I, I always enjoy visiting uh, Southfield class. Um, see, there's a lot in this scripture. Um, uh, let's, let's just, I, let's, um, let's start at um, 44, please. So Stephen here is, um, he's giving basically almost an entire synopsis of the Law and the Prophets. And, um, you know, is pointing out to those that were around him and that were falsely accusing him of uh, you know showing how that their fathers had done the same thing all the way down through the law and the prophets, and that what was going on with them persecuting, you see the 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 assembly of, of Yahshua at that time was nothing different. It was just uh, the, the the same principles were were going on over and over again. And um, 
you know, we're, we're, we have to, uh, at this time, you know, I mean, it's hard, it's hard for, for me not to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, around us right now. Um, and that's, you know, we have um, a pandemic that now has been going on for close to a year now. Um, uh, and if you remember, it was called COVID-19. So it actually started in, in, in 2019. Uh, so it's been going on uh, for this time. And it's, even though there's vaccines uh, available, um, people are refusing to take them. And, um, you know, if you look at the principles of, of that, um, you know, you can see those principles going on spiritually. And uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I actually may go that direction, um, but also you have um, some very, you know, crazy things going on uh, socially and politically, um, you know, uh, uh, there, there, right now, there are 25,000 armed troops, National Guard troops, in Washington, D.C., uh, to protect the city from other Americans. Now, I'm 59 years old. I don't recall anything, you see, close to that happening in in my lifetime and the the capitol building being uh basically ransacked and uh you know that hasn't ha happened since the war of 1812 when in 1814 the british burned the american capital you know this th these are these are um some pretty um remarkable events and um you know, I don't think that anybody can say, um, you know, everything is is cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? That things things are fine. Um, that they, they, they're not fine, and but they're supposed to be not fine. Okay, this is Yahweh running His purpose and plan. And you know, what what has really surprised me is. Um, you know, and, and I shouldn't be the surprise because our current president, okay, um, he has fomented uh, divisions from, from, from the beginning of his campaign, you know, building a wall. Um, you know, I have a, I have a cousin who uh, lives in North Dakota and he, he buys into this stuff and he's saying, oh, the Mexicans have taken all our jobs. And, and um, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's racist. He's, you know, full of hatred. And I look at him, he's got a nice house. He's got a good job. Um, he has a stable marriage. He had, you know, why is he so full of hatred? You know what I mean? And it's, it, it's, and it's because people are being lied to and that they are, they are from a uh, natural standpoint, they are buying into these lies without any evidence whatsoever. I mean, I, I lost 
track of how many times they had to recount the Georgia election. And yet people, I mean, they, they actually hand counted them and they machine counted them at least twice that I know of. And people, they, they were, they were um, certified by the Republicans who are in charge of the state of Georgia. And yet people still refuse to believe it because they're following after a man in a pretty, you know, it, 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 it's, it's really, uh, you know, and, and if you like him, fine, you know, I mean, I mean, there are things that you could say that, you know, for example, his policies with trade and China, a lot of people agree with those things. Okay. And uh, there, there, there are actually arguments that could be made that, you know, we have been, taken advantage of, you see, as far as a trade standpoint and stuff like that. But his rhetoric of hatred um, and how quickly people gravitate towards that sort of doctrine. And they they call, um, they're, they're calling now, uh, and this was on National Public Radio, which is, which is a, a, it's, it's probably a little liberal leading, but if you notice when, when you listen to that, they always get people to present both sides of every issue. And so there, there is some balance there. And, but you know, they, were, they were saying on there that they're starting to call um, the president saying that the election was rigged. They're starting to call it the great lie. And if you know your history, this is exactly what they called uh, uh, Hitler's rhetoric at, during World War II that, and it was a racist rhetoric. In, this in his case, it was against the Jews and against gypsies, okay, which, what is a, uh, which are ethnic groups. And that they, he blamed all of Germany's problems on these groups. And that you see that same thing is going on now where black and brown people are being um, vilified, okay? And even the congressmen, you see, that are defending Trump are saying it, it, that, all the, that, that it wasn't white people that were ransacking the Capitol, it was, it was Antifa that was doing it. I didn't see one brown person <laughs> in all the photography. You see that they showed of these these crazy people going in there and and trying to search out and murder our vice president and uh, uh, the the speaker of the house Nancy Pelosi and all this kind of stuff. So you see history repeating itself now. So not only do we have a a physical plague of great magnitude, we're approaching probably in this week we will surpass. 400,000 people have died of COVID, okay? So we are, um, from a natural standpoint, we are in, in perilous times. Now, this same thing is going on from a spiritual standpoint, okay? There are great lies being told out here in the world. We know that. Okay, and that is, you see, people teaching these doctrines of Lord God and Jesus and preaching that you have to be physically water baptized and that 
uh, Jesus came to institute a Christian way of life, and you have all these lies, but then you have even further and even more to the, at least to my dismay, is what's going on in the Institute of Divine Metaphysical Research, where you have people teaching lies, and people are believing them despite the evidence you know, that they believe they're saved in the name of Kinley, okay? And that, uh, that, that your soul's not being saved. It, it, essentially, Yahweh's purpose could, could be summarized in saying that Yahshua came to save, the, save our souls. That is, you see, Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. Salvation of what? If any, is, is he saving the physical creation? No. I mean, we have global warming and all kinds of stuff going on. He, is, he has set up this purpose, you see, so that uh, um, some souls might be saved. Okay, that's the purpose of Yahweh. Okay, that's the purpose of Yahshua the Messiah. And yet people are teaching things that your soul's not being saved. And that um, you see, they, they they just you know, and I don't want to to divulge any further into you know those that that type of, of rhetoric, but you see, there there is a spiritual counterpart to all the things that are going on physically, and I would say you see to to the brethren uh, you know that are uh, present on the Zoom that. Um, my expectation, just based on the, the little bit of understanding I have, is that it's not going to get better, okay? And I'm not worried about it. That's right. Okay? I, it doesn't, you know, I, I know I sound kind of emphatic, but I'm not upset about mm -hmm. any of this, okay? Because this is Yahweh's purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, I understand why it's happening. Now, now, while as yet, I mean, um, you know, the, these people that stormed the Capitol and stuff like that is pretty repulsive, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Confederate flags, uh, T-shirts with Camp Auschwitz on them, mm -hmm. uh, nooses, all this, all, I mean, all this imagery is, is pretty, pretty disgusting. And, and the reason why is it's imagery really uh, consistent with the mystery of iniquity right. but it's just it's just the type it's just the shadow mm -hmm. the real spiritual you see uh, uh, you know battle is is really uh, you know where where it is at okay now um, so having said all that um, what I would like to do is just kind of go back and, and, and talk about you see uh, a few things. Um, uh, read verse 44 again, please, in the, in, in the seventh chapter. That's Acts 7 and 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Okay. But also. So here, I'm sorry, what? Oh, did you want me to continue? Oh, no, no, that's good. That's good. Okay. You know, um, Zoom has this delay. 
you know, where, yes. <laughs> uh, it's hard to get used to as long. I mean, we've been doing this for a year now, practically, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's still hard to get used to. Um, but um, so I just like to talk a little bit about the pattern a little bit. And, um, uh, you know, just, um, uh, you know, uh, and how that, you know, the, you know, I, I talk about how that people are believing things without witnesses and without proof. And we have a pattern, okay? And it was called a tabernacle of witness, mm -hmm. okay? It is a witness. It is proof, you see, to, to the existence of your creator. And just like people out here in the world, they, they are just basically going on, uh, they're following after a man. And every... Every, you know, uh, I've been telling people this and I don't even know where I got it. I think I got it from a transcript where every tub has to sit on its own bottom, mm -hmm. okay? And, and you're the tub and I'm the tub. And you see, we have to know this thing for ourselves. We have to have this foundation for ourselves. And so there was a tabernacle back there of witness and that this, that this tabernacle, you see, shows forth and proves, you see, the existence of Yahweh. Now, get for me 1 Thessalonians uh, 5 and 17 and um, uh, Isaiah uh, 33 and 6 and um, uh, Hosea, the fourth chapter. And I think I just want the first verse and the sixth verse. Okay. Um, see, people aren't accepting proof and they're not accepting evidence out here. So, that's what's different about this class. Christianity, only, see, they just rely on emotion, okay? And they rely on, you see, uh, following after a man, no matter who it is, you see? And that they, 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 they follow after their minister, they follow after the Pope, okay? They, you see, and, and you know, what's strange is the, the Pope is doing all these things, the current Pope is doing all these things, that other popes, you see, wouldn't have disagreed with. For example, accepting homosexual people and stuff like that. Mm. Um, now, since the Pope is infallible, and since previous popes were against homosexuality, but this Pope agrees with it, um, there's a contradiction, you see. Uh, someone can't be infallible. <laughs> right? Mm, right if they're saying opposite things okay and and you know so you follow after a man okay you see uh you know you you, you see um your dean i've heard him speak i enjoyed his lectures i think he's a great guy but don't worship your dean you see mm -hmm. people in my class you see i i remember one time what one of the people in my class uh you know, uh, who, well, you know how it is when someone new comes in the class and they've, they've heard you get into all this stuff and they want to, you know, the mystery of iniquity wants to put you up on a pedestal. And this person got on the floor and, and said, which I thought was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. He said that I was the best speaker in the Institute, which is to me, absolutely insanity. Okay. I can think of a lot of people, okay? <laughs> I think I'm a terrible speaker half the time. You can ask my wife. I, practically every lecture I'll go to her, oh, that was terrible. That was just awful, you know? And, and that, because I don't feel like I can ever do justice to the truth. So mm. this, this fella started, said that once. 
And boy, I'll tell you, I jumped on him with both feet. I said, mm. don't you ever put me up on a pedestal. You see, Yahshua is the only teacher. Okay? And if you see anything, that's Yahshua in you. You know what I mean? And, and, but you could see that even in a little class like Tampa, you know, uh, we've, we've varied from, oh, from 10 people up to about 40, you know, people fall away, people come back in, you know how it is. And, and you know, even in a little dinky class like Tampa, you know, that mystery of iniquity wants to take a man and put him in a place of authority. Now, you don't need a man. You see, you mm -hmm. have to depend on Yahshua in you. Yahshua in your dean does you no good. I mean, well, yes, him preaching the gospel to you does. But if Yahshua is not in you, it's 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 just words, you mm -hmm. see. And and same same with with anybody else. You have to know this for yourself. And the way that it is done is through evidence, through proof, according to you see the law and the prophets. Okay, now now read for me uh, Thessalonians, please. That's First Thessalonians five and seventeen. Pray without ceasing. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I wanted, uh, I misquoted. I want uh, prove, pr prove all things. Oh, okay. Just a second. Could you find that for me, please? Yep. Just one moment. See, I'm a terrible speaker and I can't even remember a scripture. So there you go. Okay. That is First Thessalonians 5 and 21. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Now, he says here, see, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, to prove all things mm -hmm. and hold fast that which is good, okay? And, and so, so when it comes to Yahweh and his purpose and plan, when it comes, you, you, you prove all things, okay? And, and when you hear someone preach the gospel, you demand witnesses of them. Okay, you demand proof. So prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Now you have Isaiah 33 and 6. Yes, That's Isaiah 33 and 6. Uh-huh. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. Now it says wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your time. Wisdom and knowledge about what? About mm -hmm. nuclear physics? Um mm -hmm. Wisdom and knowledge about, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, skincare, okay, <laughs> you see, or your, or automobiles. No, wisdom and knowledge concerning spiritual things or things concerning your creator, that this is the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. So we want wisdom and we want knowledge, okay? We don't want someone's theories, concepts, and opinions, okay? Read for me, Hosea, please. Hosea 4. And where did you want to start at? Uh, read verse 1 and then um, maybe skip down to 4 and read through 6. Okay. That is Hosea 4 and 1. Hear the word of Yahweh, you children of Israel. For Yahweh hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of Yahweh in the land. See, at this time, Yahweh had a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because they had no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of Yahweh, you see? And you can see that too. You know, I, I, I remember uh, hearing 
that uh, people in, in, a, in, a, in a certain class, okay, that are teaching that your soul's not being saved. Um, and and when, when, when it came to commenting about people who teach the truth the way the founder did, those who've remained, you see, uh, in, in that way and haven't, in their words, progressed, they, they said, well, they're, they're just going to go to hell, okay? Mm -hmm. They're just going to go to the lake and then laughing about it. And, and I'm like, how can you possibly, you see, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, That's right. okay, let alone someone in this gospel. I mean, how is, how is somebody going to the lake of fire for eternity in, in the, in, in the state of, of hell that is, is not even imaginable with a human mind, you see? and then laughing about it, okay? You see, that's just, that's just horrible, okay? And, and you see, the, the Yahweh has a controversy with that kind of thing, and that there's no mercy. There's no mercy in that, okay? And it's just, you see, who, you know, I, I have the words to describe, you see, how terrible that that is. Okay, I, you say, I don't care who it is out here in the world, you see, I do not wish that, that upon them, okay? But you see, you see, we have to have mercy. We have, you see, if you, if you know anything about this teaching, you can't help but have mercy, you see, on people and, and not to judge them harshly because you know, if you know this teaching, you know that except for grace, mm -hmm. except there be grace, you would be, you see, like, like the others out here in the world, you see, and have no knowledge, no understanding, no truth. You see, you can't, you see, with Yahshua in you, you just, you see, it's just not going to happen. You're going to have mercy. You're, you're, you're going to desire truth and you're going to want knowledge. You see, it's not a sin not to know. If you're new in this teaching, you see, it's not a sin not to know. It's a sin not to want to know, you see. It's a sin not to want to know Yahweh, to say, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to know anything. That's not, that's not pleasing to Yahweh, you see. And, and the inhabitants of the land, you see, you see, they have no knowledge of Yahweh. Okay, now skip down to verse six, please. Six verse. <clears throat> My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, uh -huh. because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy Elohim. I will also forget thy children. You see, and this this goes on now from a spiritual standpoint. People are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You mm -hmm. see, knowledge of Yahweh. You see, that you are, I mean, destroyed is a pretty big word, okay? <laughs> you know, uh, synonyms for destroyed would be annihilated, vaporized, okay? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just murdered, killed, okay? That we are destroyed for lack of knowledge of our creator, okay? And, 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 and if you reject knowledge, okay, then, it's, then Yahweh says, I will reject you. Okay, and, and that's that's a pretty severe thing. I do not want to be in that 
position. And that's why you see, when I hear something, if it, if it goes against something that, uh, that I've been taught, I examine it because I want to know, I don't want to be right. Okay, as far as Joel Turner does not have to be right. I just want to know the truth. You see, there's a difference. You know how some people, they'll, mm -hmm. they just have to be right about everything. Okay, even when they know they're wrong, they have to be right. Okay, <laughs> and that is just not a pleasing attitude to to your creator. So let let me go on now. I want to go over to. Could you bring up the the tabernacle pattern, please? Mm. Now, uh, uh, read Romans one nineteen and twenty, please. I don't know how much time do I have. Uh, you have about. 25, 20 more minutes. 20 more minutes? Okay, mm -hmm. that sounds great. Okay. That's Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. For Yahweh hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature so that they are without excuse. Now, this scripture is uh, quite the mouthful, okay? And if you're newer in this class, um, you'll find that you're gonna hear this scripture a lot. The, the people uh, refer to it in, in, in this class as our theme song. And if I could just boil it down to a, a simple way of, of understanding it, that it basically says that the physical things reveal the spiritual things of our creator, that you can understand the physical or the spiritual by studying the physical. And that, you see, one way that this is done is what Stephen was talking about, that there was a tabernacle of, of witness back there under the law, you see, that was given to Moses. And, and, you know, the thing of it is, is now, if you were to base the importance of something in the Bible on how much it's mentioned, this tabernacle is, you see, somebody told me, I think, I, I forget how many chapters, like 33 chapters. You see, the, the book of Leviticus is all about the, the priesthood and how that they would minister in the tabernacle. And there are many, 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 many books in Exodus about, you see, this, this tabernacle uh, pattern, okay? Now, this pattern was given to Moses. Now, this is something ancient. This is 3,500 years old or so around a ballpark figure, okay? That's something quite ancient, okay? Um, and, and yet, this is, and I'll just make this statement, this pattern is the pattern of the universe. And that this pattern is a reflection of, of Yahweh. Now, it says in Genesis, the second chapter, it says that man was made in the image and likeness of Yahweh, okay? Now, in my own class, okay, you can take examples of people. Now, see, my, my wife, uh, she's, she weighs 100 pounds. She's uh, Caucasian. Um, she is a little less than five foot tall, something like that. Okay, she's okay. She's she says she's five foot tall. So, all right, and you see now you look at her and sit, let's say take another person in our class. Okay, um, we we have a, a man in our class, Lawrence Edwards. He's been in class for 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 a long time. 
wonderful Yashwin. Now he's six foot five. He weighs probably, I would say, in the upper 200s, okay? Uh, he's African-American. Um, he's, he's older. My wife is, is younger, okay? Now you look at those two people and, well, which one was made in the image and likeness of, of Yahweh? Because they look very, very different, okay? In, in pretty much every dimension, all right? Um, and, and yet they were made in the image and likeness of Yahweh. Now, how that was done was according to this tabernacle pattern. And what happened was, is you see, um, is that Yahweh, you see, appeared into Moses. And this is in the 25th chapter of Exodus. And, and I don't want to run out of time, okay? But in the 25th chapter of Exodus, Yahweh appeared to Moses, okay? And Yahweh transformed, you see, into this tabernacle pattern, Yahweh Elohim, and then back into, you see, the shape and form of Yahweh Elohim. And it was showing that this tabernacle pattern was an example of him. Now, man is made an image and likeness of Yahweh because all mankind is made according to this, this tabernacle pattern, okay? Now, it says that the physical reveals the spiritual. So, let me show you how your body is made in the image and likeness of Yahweh according to this tabernacle pattern. Now I'm going to be working with principles. You take this tabernacle, it had three parts. It had a court roundabout, it had a holy place, and it had a most holy place. Now your body has three main parts. You have your abdominal cavity, you have your chest cavity, and you have your cranial cavity. Okay, these are the three main compartments that make up your body, you see, and, 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 and you see your body is referred to as a tabernacle, by the way, and as a temple in the, in the scriptures, okay? Now, if you look at the, so you have a, a threefold structure in the tabernacle, you have a threefold structure in this body. Now, surrounding this tabernacle were two layers of linen. Now, surrounding your body or your tabernacle, you have two layers of skin, and they're the dermis and the epidermis. Now, in some books, it says this, there's a subcutaneous uh, uh, level. Now, cutanea means skin. So it's the layer below the skin. But there are only, you see, two layers of skin, the dermis and the epidermis. Okay. Now, by the way, these layers actually break down into seven layers. And... Uh, you can work with those seven layers, you see, uh, according to the seven steps of the tabernacle, but that's, that's another lecture, okay? So you have two layers of linen around that tabernacle, you have two layers of skin around your tabernacle. Now going into that, uh, into the court roundabout, you have an altar, it had four sides, four points of blood were placed from, they, see, they sacrificed an animal, uh, usually, uh, you see, a lamb or a bullock, and they would take that blood and they put it on the four corners of that altar. And then they took the blood and they sprinkled it around the altar. And then that animal was placed on the, uh, a grating system. You see, it was like a gigantic grill, if I can put it this way, okay? And it had four sides. And that that animal would be, you see, consumed on that tabernacle. Now, the reason why they did this is because the people would sin. And on the Day of Atonement, they would offer up animals on this altar for the sins of the people. And, and they did this, as it says in the scriptures, so that they died not. And that it, it uh, made atonements uh, or atonement for their sins. 
So something died so that they would live. And this is from a natural standpoint. This is under the law. Now, if you go over to the human body, just as that altar had four sides, your intestinal tract, you see your, your colon, you have an ascending, transverse, descending, and sigmoid colon, or four sides to that, that, that colon. Now in the center, you have a small intestines which form a network that goes back and forth like a grating system, okay? Now all digestion, okay, um, uh, and absorption occurs in the small intestines. Now it begins in your mouth, but the actual, you see, breaking down and absorption of that material goes on in that grating system or in that small intestines. Now the large intestines has four main arteries that feed it. So you have four points of blood. Now these arteries break down into capillaries. So just as that blood was sprinkled all around the altar, you have the sprinkling of blood in the capillaries all the way around, you see, that, that, uh, that, that large intestine, okay? Now, in the law, something died or was offered up on that altar for the sins of the people. So it died so that they could live. So everything you eat dies so that you can live, okay? I don't care. See, they offered up vegetables, you see. They offered up doves. They'd offered up all kinds of things on that altar. But everything that was offered up on there, it died so that the people could live. So showing forth the same principles, you see, in your human body. Now, look, at I'm taking something that was three made, you see, what was written down 3,500 years ago. And I'm showing how that it is current as far as the anatomy and physiology of your body, because you're made in the image and likeness of your creator. Now, going back up into the tabernacle there, you have an, an, a, a laver of water. Okay, could you go back over to that, please? Um, to the laver? Okay, thank you. Now, this laver was rounded configuration, and they would wash the sacrifice, you see, that was all offered on that altar in that laver. Now, the bottom of the labor, or the, the, the floor of the labor, if I could put it that way, was made of polished brass. So the water would have had a yellowish appearance, okay? Now, the sacrifice, I'd see, was washed in that labor, and then the dirty waters would be washed down into a compartment beneath and then out of a spigot system. Now, this correlates to your kidneys. Now, your kidneys, when placed together, okay, are round in configuration. Okay, now they're separated by five centimeters. So when the, so this 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 pattern also goes according to the exodus of the children of Israel. Okay, and when they went through the Red Sea, you see the waters parted. Okay, and that they went five abreast. So your kidneys are five centimeters apart. Now the kidneys, the purpose of the kidneys is to cleanse the blood. Okay, so you have a cleansing over there in the, in, the, in the laver, you have a cleansing over here with the kidneys. And then the dirty waters are drained down into from the, the, the pelvis of the kidneys into the ureters into a bl bladder. And the bladder is that compartment beneath, just like in that, that, that court roundabout with the, with the laver water. And then out of a spigot system or out of your spigot system. Now, when I was in college, I took a class and um, uh, it was an anatomy and physiology class. And the professor was talking about fish. And now fish have two kinds of bladders, by the way. They have an air bladder, which would be, you see, 
analogous to our lungs, but they also have a physical bladder. And the professor, it was so funny, in the middle of his lecture, he said, he says, now from an evolution standpoint, he says, there's no reason for a fish to have a bladder because they're swimming around in it, okay? Any, I mean, why do they need to hold their urine and release it when it's just going to get released into the environment of the ocean, no matter when they do it? He said, and it, it was funny to me, he said there was no physical reason or no evolutionary reason for a fish to have a bladder. Now, see, Yahweh's awesome. And he had me in that class with that guy to hear that, okay? So that I could tell you guys about it, okay? You see, the reason why a fish has a bladder is because it is made according to the same tabernacle pattern, okay? That's why it's made in the image and likeness of its creator also. Everything is made according to this tabernacle. And even history operates according to this tabernacle pattern. Now going from the, court, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Also you had uh, an, a, 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 um, a cup of holy anointing oil, which was poured over the priest, okay, to quicken him so that he ministered flawlessly in the tabernacle. So in the human body, you have cupped over the kidneys, you have the adrenal glands, which quicken your body in the time of emergency. You see, my mother, she weighed, she, her whole life, she never weighed 100 pounds. My sister uh, got, you know how kids are, they got under, she got underneath this, this uh, uh, trailer and kicked out, see, the wood that was holding up the, uh, the, uh, the tongue, and it fell down on her, okay? Now, this thing weighed, uh, according to my parents, around 1,000 pounds. My mother saw her daughter trapped underneath this trailer. She literally ran out there, lifted the trailer with one arm, and pulled her daughter out with the other. Now, how could a hundred pound woman lift something like that? Now, my father, who was a pretty rugged, tough guy, he went out there and he tried to lift it with both hands as hard as he could and he couldn't budge it, okay? That was adrenaline, okay? And that was a life or death situation. It's called the fight or flight hormone, adrenaline. And it can give you great strength, you see, in time of need. So that, that priest, it says it quickened his spirit just as it quickened my mother when she did that, okay? Now, going into the holy place, you have a blue, purple, and scarlet veil. So separating your lungs from your abdominal cavity almost completely is your diaphragm. And it's made of, it's a large sheet of muscle. So it has large veins, it has large arteries. Now veins are blue because of deoxygenated blood. Arteries are reddish because they have oxygenated blood, okay? And then the mixing of the two red and blue is in the capillaries would be purple. So just as you had a blue, purple, and scarlet veil on that tabernacle, you have a blue, purple, and scarlet veil in your body, separating your chest from your abdominal cavity. Now, when you get, you see, if you get hit in the nerves to control that, people say you get the wind knocked out of you, okay? It's called the, the uh, uh, a neural plexus, okay? And that in the tabernacle, you see that veil was to the outside. So it would blow with the wind, just as that diaphragm blows with your wind, okay, in and out. Now going into the holy place, you have a seven branch lampstand, seven branches, three paired, one stand alone, 
okay? And this gave light to the tabernacle. So you go over to your human body and coming off your heart, you have a great aortic arch. Now, just as there was seven branches on that lampstand, you have seven branches coming off your great aortic arch, arch feeding your body, okay? Giving life or light to the body, just as that gave light to the tabernacle, it gives light to the body. Now, there are three pairs and one stands alone, just like that candlestick. There were three that were paired and one stood alone. So you have your left and right subclavian, your left and right carotid, and your left and right coronary. And then you have the inanimate or the brachiocephalic, which stands alone. Okay, and this gives life or light to your body. Now you have a table of shoe bread, and it had two gold crowns around it, and it had 12 loaves of bread, which were sustenance to the priest. Okay, and it was a table. So you go over to your body and you have a heart. And when they describe the anatomy of the heart, they say they call it the tables of your heart. Now, why would you call it a table? Because your heart, you see, your, your, your intestines are like the kitchen and your heart then feeds those nutrients to the body. So it's like the table that feeds your body. Now, just as you had four sides, okay, you have four chambers to the heart and you have two gold crowns around that table. So you have two arteries around your heart called the coronary. Just as it was two gold crowns around the table, coronary means crown. And it's so strange that it has a golden fatty tissue around it that is really unlike any other in the body. So you have two gold crowns going around your heart. Now you had 12 loaves of bread on there which sustained the priest and an average human being has 12 pints of blood which sustains your body. Now going to the next vessel, you have an altar of incense where a prayer was offered up and this you see unto Yahweh, it had four horns on top that blood was placed, you see. And uh, uh, the, the incense had four main ingredients which was uh, um, uh, uh, um, Stacte, galbanum, frankincense, and one other. <laughs> and I can't remember what it was, but you can look it up. Four main Antia, thank you. Thank you. Antia, stacte, galbanum, and frankincense. Okay, so going over to your body, you have your lungs. Okay, now you have on top of your lungs, you have the larynx, which is a which is the major thoroughfare of your lungs. And on the, the, the larynx, you have two inferior and two superior cornu. The word cornu means horn. So you have four horns on that altar. You have four horns on that larynx. Now going past the larynx, you have, you see your carotid arteries and also your, your, um, your, your, your main uh, veins that come down from, the, 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 from your head. Okay, and so these arteries place in principle blood on those four horns, just as you had four horns with blood. Now you had a prayer offered up there and you have a prayer offered up in your body. Now this name of Yahweh, and I'm gonna emphasize it. You see, it has four main ingredients to it. Okay, in Hebrew, it's spelled Y-H-W-H. Now the Hebrew equi equivalent is yud He wa He. So it's Y-H-W-H, okay? And that these letters, Y-H-W-H, are called glides. And basically they take no effort to say, just as just, just like breathing takes no effort in a, well, obviously in a, in a normal, healthy human. And that if you listen to the way that you breathe, you literally breathe that name of Yahweh. You breathe in, you breathe out, 
Now, I can't fool you. You've listened to breathing before, okay? And you, you, you just listen to your breathing sometime. You breathe that name Yahweh. See, just as there was a prayer offered up there, you are praying without ceasing. And just as, you see, okay, why don't we get um, just uh, the very last verse of Psalms. Okay, get the very last verse of Psalms for me. Okay, I think it's 150 and six. I'm not sure though. Okay, and that you are, you see, and, and also the air, the air that you breathe, there's another witness, you have four main ingredients, but really and truly the four main ingredients was in, in the prayer was that name of Yahweh. And you're walking around going, and, and, and as Paul said, you have to pray without ceasing. You are praying without ceasing in principle. Okay, do you have Psalms 115 6? Yes, that's Psalms 150 and 6. Let everything that has breath praise Yahweh. Praise see, Yahweh. Everything has breath. I have two cats. They pray, they praise Yahweh. They go, I, I used to have a German shepherd. He praised Yahweh. See, uh, everything praises Yahweh. Okay. It's, it, I just think that it's, that's such a beautiful thing. Now, you have another blue, purple, and scarlet veil going from the holy place to the most holy place. So you have your, your neck, which has large arteries and large veins. So it gives you the red and the blue. And conveniently in your neck, you have the thyroid gland. Now, that thyroid gland could be anywhere in the body but it happens to be there because it contains a source of iodine, which makes your, uh, uh, the hormones thyroxine, okay? So you have iodine and the word iodine means purple. So you have a blue, purple and scarlet veil in your neck. And then going into your head, you have your, you, you see, you have your, your brain, okay? Now in the tabernacle, you have the Ark of the Covenant, like, just like the movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It had an ark, with two tables of stone with a 10 commandment law on it. It had a mercy seat on it, which was the cover. And then you have the two figurines of the mark, the archangels. Thank you, um, I got five minutes. You have the two figurines of the archangels, Michael and Gabriel. You see, Michael was a warrior, Gabriel was a messenger. Now you go to your brain, okay? And you'll see that you have the two hemispheres of your brain come up like wings, but they don't touch in the center, just as the wings of Michael and Gabriel come up, okay, and don't touch in the center. Now, the high priest would come up there with an incenser, and the most holy place would be filled with a cloud. So you look at your brain, and your brain is convoluted just like a cloud. It's also made of gray matter and white matter. Now, what color are clouds? They're gray and white. Okay, so you and, and you see, so you have a, a gray and white cloud. You have two wings coming up and not touching in the center. Now, at the base of the brain, you have a scooped out area called the uh, you see uh, uh, in the sphenol in, in 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 the sphenoid bone. Okay, and within that, you have two two uh, 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 lobes of the pituitary gland, and this is the master gland of Israel. Now, back in the, the tabernacle, you have the two tables of stone, just as you have two, uh, uh, pituitary, two, two lobes of your pituitary gland, 10 laws for the children of Israel, 10 main hormones in the pituitary gland, okay? And you see, Michael was a warrior and Gabriel was a messenger, okay? So just as you have those, the two primary functions of the brain are motor and sensory. Motor would be like the warrior or... or you see, and, and sensory 
would, would be like the messenger. Okay, now let's go over to Acts, the 17th chapter. Um, uh, could you find for me where it says uh, uh, that, that your body is not made with, um, uh, okay. Actually, uh, yep. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. That's 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Right. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of Yahweh, and ye uh -huh. are not your own? Okay. Actually, um, hold that and go back over to Acts uh, 17 and 24. 20, yeah, it's actually, um, yep, we can start at 24. Okay. That's Acts 17 and 24, Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Now it says here he may, dwells not in temples made with hands. Now that includes your church, which is a temple mm. made with hands, okay? But right. you see, it doesn't say he doesn't dwell in temples. It mm. says he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. Now, please go over to uh, uh, First Corinthians. First Corinthians six and nineteen. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of Yahweh, and ye are not your own? See, now, now Paul's incredulous. He goes, "What know ye not?" That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, folks, they they had this pattern back there too. We right. just read where, where Stephen talked about that tabernacle of what? Of witness. witness. Right. You see, and now, you see, for the first time in your life, possibly, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that you are made in his image and in his likeness. And I hope you got something out of that. Um, uh, you know, hang in there, <laughs> you see, mm -hmm. keep your eyes focused on Yahshua and, and everything will be just wonderful. You see, mm -hmm. we are so blessed to be in this teaching and in the whole world, the whole world really is in darkness so mm -hmm. thank you for, for the opportunity to have something to say. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Turner, for the edifying testimony. And for our second speaker, it is with pleasure to call on from our Brooklyn, New York class, the Dean, Dr. Lenore Allen. Dr. Allen? Hello, everybody. I'm very um, thankful and grateful to be here today. And uh, I'd like to be the first speaker. <laughs> okay, no. That's just my little joke. Anyway, I wanna thank Yahshua for um, gathering us all here together with the understanding that we can learn something about him. And can we have the, um, can we get Acts 744, which the last speaker was um, speaking about? And can we get the uh, elementary chart? That's Acts 7 and 44. Mm -hmm. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed, mm -hmm. speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. 
Okay, so we're saying that this tabernacle was a tabernacle of witness, something to prove something to you or something to something to show something to you, which is of utmost importance. If you get in trouble and you have a sound witness, you want to take good care of that witness. Well, this witness is showing you something about our Heavenly Father. And to digress just a little bit, I wanted to talk about that when Moses meets Yahweh and receives this um, tabernacle and he's got to come down and he's got to help the, he's got, he's been chosen to be like the instrument to let, let the people go who have been in bondage. It talks about that at that time, he, um, before he had to run away from Egypt, he was like a prince of Egypt and it says he was mighty in words. But when he comes down, um, he says, hey, I'm slow of speech. I, I can't do this. I'm not the one. And uh, Yahweh says to him, certainly I will be with thee. And when he talks about his speech and he says, well, who has made man's mouth? You know, and, and the point is that Yahweh chose him when he was old, when he was in a weakened condition in order to show forth the, the beauty of his purpose. And it's the same thing with us. I like to be first, I can get it over with. But <laughs> what he is doing is that Moses was an old man. He's coming with his brother who's old, another old man. You read in the law that um, by profession, they were shepherds. And so they hated the shepherds. They had, you know, they had no respect for shepherds. They're going into this um, uh, cosmopolitan, uh, very, very, very clean environment and, and they're nobodies. And when Yahweh takes it down and when Yahweh tells what's gonna happen, you know, Pharaoh's saying, who is this? Who is this Yahweh? I know him not. And Dr. Kinley explained it that every time um, Moses was saying what's gonna happen, like there's gonna be frogs, it would be said seven times. And that's to show all down through the ages to show all the ages that this thing is going to stand. Well, the point that I'm just trying to make is that Yahweh chose Moses when he is at his weakest point, when he is not gonna be even confused with being a prince of Egypt to show his power and to show his, to show his might so that you could no way say, wow, that Moses is something else. It's no, it's, they had to be something with Moses. Can we get um, Exodus seven and one? Yes, Exodus 7, I'm sorry, and 1. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. So he says that, I, that you're going to be like an Elohim, you're going to be like a God and he's going to be a prophet. So he's dealing with the law and the prophets. And can we get Isaiah um, 28, 9 and 10? Is that line upon line, precept upon precept? Yeah. But I mean, could you pick it up where it talks about, um, it talks about the priests and the prophet. If we go up a couple of, of lines, it talks about that the, the tables are full of vomit and 
think of maybe five. If we could pick okay. it up a little. That's Isaiah. 28. 28 and I'm five. Okay, thank you. And that day shall Yahweh of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people mm -hmm. and for a spirit of judgment. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm interrupting because things mm -hmm. come to me in a flash and I'm so old, I got to hold on to that flash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he says to a residue. Mm -hmm. So most of the people are not going to hear this. It's mm -hmm. a residue of these people that mm -hmm. are going to hear. So could you read from five again, please? Mm -hmm. Isaiah 28 and five. And that day shall Yahweh of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty mm -hmm. unto the residue of his people mm -hmm. and for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment. Mm -hmm. And for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate of the enemy. Mm -hmm. But they also have erred, uh, they, I'm sorry, but they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet had erred through strong drink. So they it's are, the priest, the prophet, <clears throat> the ones who are supposed to be our leaders, they have erred. And to go into, to follow up with what um, Joel was getting into, our government is, is some of the worst. They were saying that there was policemen who were letting these people in. They were saying that the day before this thing happened, there were um, in, in the uh, Capitol building that Democrats saw Republicans sort of bring, bringing in these nefarious people and just showing them, giving a tour that the kind of tour you don't usually get. So it looks like a civil war. It looks like this, this is happening from the, from the inside. It's not like, oh, these outsiders came in. The president called them out, but it looks like that there was help inside in order to overthrow this government in order to bring in the kind of government they would want. So could you just read that point again? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But they also have aired through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priests and the prophet have aired through strong drink. So it's yeah. the priest and the prophet, the ones in control, they mm -hmm. have aired and the information they're giving is just wrong. You know, it's like, uh, no, um, Georgia, believe it or not, we got a black and a Jew going up and going up into Washington DC. Really? Yeah. You know, and, and so, and it was counted and counted and counted again. And Trump had his own, he had put in judges and the judges said like, hey, I, you don't have any, you don't have any witnesses. I cannot go, I cannot go along with this. And this is sort of to show us, one of the things I got that um, Pelosi said, is like, nobody's above the law, mm. nobody. That's what happened all the way back with Nixon. And when mm. what happened with Nixon, because I was always interested in Nixon, um, I just, I read a couple of books on it. When this happened to him, he was depressed. He was going around, he was drunk, he was calling people in the middle of the night. He was not a happy camper. This one has a different way of showing it, but he's not a happy camper either. It's like this, we're getting a physical example that you are not above the law Yahshua is sitting on his throne. What's going to happen is going to happen. And it says the government it keeps making, making me understand the government is going to be on his shoulders. And there's not going to be any way that you're going to be able to get around this. And it comes as a shock. 
Because it's like, well, wait a moment, I'm white. Yeah, well, what does that do? Well, I got money. Yeah, well, what does that do? I, I got powerful friends. Where are your powerful friends? And they're running for the border. You know, everybody's like, I quit, I quit, I quit. I'm out of here. So all the things that you thought you had, they're just not holding up. It reminds me about the, that joke where they talk about, you never see, when you see a hearse, you never see like, you know, a, a Grinch truck following. No, you've gone past, you've gone past the line and you've, you've, you've got nothing to stand on. It reminds me, I went to Canada one time, seminar, came back, went to a, an American lunch station, you know, sitting down, having lunch, paying for my lunch. And I was paying the bill and I paid, I had an, a Canadian penny and a Canadian penny. And the guy said, we can't take this. And I'm like, really? And it just showed me that none of it gets over. All of the flesh, I'm, I'm tall, I'm good looking. I come from a powerful family. I, I count when it, come, when it comes to going from this state to spiritual state, all that stuff you got does not matter. So could you keep reading please? Yes. <clears throat> the priest and the prophet have aired through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in prophetic vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness so that there is no place clean. Who, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? So excuse me, seeing that our leaders are just totally messed up, how are you gonna learn anything? Who's, whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand? You got to keep reading, please. Mm -hmm. And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Mm -hmm. Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To whom okay, he so, said. Excuse me. So it's gonna be it's gonna have to be line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm gonna have to drag you away from the priest who's drunk, from the leader who's drunk, and you gotta see my purpose. So if we look at this um this tabernacle pattern, could you just make this a little bit bigger so I can see the interior pattern? I love this. That's why they call it Zoom. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely love this. So we have a tabernacle of pattern, a, ta a, a tabernacle of witness. And if you look all the way down, I, I need to see on the court roundabout a little bit better. Okay, that's good. So when you see the principles that you can see in your pattern, you got a altar sin sacrifice that can show forth blood or death. If you look at 1 John 5 and 7, it's giving you an example of what you're gonna see line upon line precept upon precept. So you got the altar over here and it's pointing to when you get the sensation, when you get the, the blood's not circulating anymore, you got death. Then the next thing you got up, you got the, um, the laver and the laver has water in it, right? So you look over to your first John five and seven, you got, you got water over there, blood, water. Then you come back over to the interior part of your pattern and you have the holy anointed oil. It was expressed with the first speaker, poured on the priest, quickened him. Can we get um, 
Psalms 133 and one. And he was, he made a good, really good example about this tiny little woman being able to like lift up, up lift up this, this, this heavy building and lift it up with one hand and drag her out with the other. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. Psalms 133 and one. Thank you. A song of decrees of David, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. Mm -hmm. For there Yahweh commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So it's talking about how good and pleasant it is, and it's talking about that this whole of anointing oil was poured, was poured around, was poured down this priest, and we hear that it wasn't, it didn't touch his skin, it touched, it touched his hair, it touched his clothing, and it quickened his actions when he went and did his job in the court roundabout, in the holy place, in the most holy place. He couldn't, he couldn't black out. He couldn't make mistakes. He had to do things perfectly. So. You got, so you got blood on the altar, you got water in the laver, you got spirit that's, that's connected with the holy anointing oil that was poured on Aaron and on the priests. Then you have to go through a, a, go through a door and then you have the seven branches um, pointing to light or illumination or understanding. Then you have uh, the table of showbread showing that there's in, in, in the spirit of Yahweh, there's gonna be nourishment, there's gonna be feeding. And then there's an intercession shown forth by the golden altar of incense. So then when you go up into the most holy place, you'll have these three, these three um, instruments that's brought together as one. You have the two angels, and then you have the Ark of the Covenant operating as one. I and my father are one. Now, when you begin to, when you begin to look at this, you begin to see like, wow, this thing is significant. Yahshua, when you go back in the, in the court roundabout, he's the sacrifice. When you talk about um, the water, he's, he's the, um, he, well, I'm still in the, I'm still in the tabernacle. He's the, he's the sacrifice. He's, he's the water of regeneration, causing you to go from death to life. He's the one that gives you a cleansing. He, he's, the, he's the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm not saying I am the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life operating in you. Things that you thought were impossible. This pandemic it's like, oh, we can't have class anymore. What do we do? We're going to zoom in. We're going to be able to, to be better than ever before. Because here I am. I'm, I'm in uh, near Detroit. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go and take, pay for a plane ticket. That's fantastic. Where, I mean, um, Joe, he don't want to be coming up here in the middle of the winter. Yeah, here he is. And yet he can still get a, a suntan today. So Yahweh has gathered us all together. And then you can see like he talks, he comes in and he says, he is the light of the world. And we can see it in that tabernacle pattern. You got a seven branch lampstand. And it, 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 the seven branches stand for all the ages. So all throughout eternity, he is the light of the world. 
Even when I have problems, yes, he is the light of the world. Even if I go to a different country, yes, he is the light of the world. So, and then you have, he's, he's the, he says, I am the bread. And then you have um, the shoe bread in here. Then, it, then you see, have the golden altar of incense and a prayer was said there. He is the intercessor. Then when you go up into the most holy place and these three, three are gathered together, I am my father, we are one. And I didn't notice growing up going into Catholicism, but the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, it's all one, it's all working together as one. So you look at um, the migratory pattern that happens down under the law. And one of the things that you see is in, in the court roundabout, they had to offer up, they had to offer up a lamb. What did they use in order to get out of a horrible situation? Now you think if you lived in a horrible situation, I mean, you know. <laughs> I lived in the projects. Sometimes you'd be afraid to walk in and out of the building. You didn't know what was happening. And if somebody had told me, get a lamb, get a lamb. <laughs> I need a gun. I need a big guy to walk next to me. No, what he said to the children of Israel is take out a lamb, take out that lamb. And I want you to make sure that it's a perfect lamb and that it's, um, and, and that it has no, no, no blemish. Why? Because this lamb is the lamb of Yahweh. And guess what? He's got no spot and no blemish. So that, uh, that lamb that you're going to offer up to me, guess what? No spot, no blemish. Then he says, I want you to take that lamb and I want you to um, put it on the four points of the door and have a bucket at the bottom. And you say, what are you talking about? Because he's going to come in and he's going to fulfill and there's going to be four points of blood. And can somebody get, I think it's, Oh, I can't smite, smite the lintel of the door that it might shake. Amos 9 or Amos 8 and 1. It wasn't going to be some nice little, like we have it painted on there. It was like, bam. You know, they had to take that thing and they had to strike it. And that blood is flying all over the place. And the people are covered with that blood. So you got four points of blood. So you got a crown of, of thorns that they took and they put on the Messiah's head, right? Remember? So they put that crown on it. And, and one time somebody went to um, Israel and you know, if you've ever worked with a, a rose bush, they got these tiny little thorns, they hurt, but they showed us these thorns that they have in the Middle East. And they are as long, they're over an inch long. They're as like long as your pinky. And when you make, I don't even saw how you, how you even manipulate that thing to make a crown out of it. But after you manipulate and make a crown on to jam it in somebody's head, I mean, you've seen a scalp. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you got it, that's great. Yes, Amos, Amos, Amos 9 and 1. I saw Yahweh standing upon the altar, and he said, smite the lintel of the door, that the post may shake and cut them in the head, all of them. And I will slay the last of them with the sword, he that fleeth of them shall not flee away, and he that escapeth of them shall not be delivered. Thank you. So he says, smite the lentil of the door that the pulse may shake. This thing was hard. This thing was cruel. So when they put that thing on the head, he's got a scalp wound. So he's got, he's got blood going all over him. They're, they're putting it in his hands. They're putting it in, in his feet. So you got four points of blood. One on his, I'm pointing, I'm pointing to Yashua on the cross. I know you can't see it. So the point, 
<laughs> Thank you. So they got um, blood on his head. They got blood on his hands. They got blood on his feet. And you got, I heard a speaker say this once and the, and the crowd was just shocked. And they said, well, I don't believe that they, that they nailed him with his hands and his feet. Don't you have nails in your hands and your feet? It's like, whoa. I mean, it really, it really made an, an impression because right. it can be simple. It can be like Joel. I mean, Joel, I mean, people don't know. Joel teaches anatomy and physiology to doctors. He's, you know, he's no wimp. He knows what he's talking about. So it could be like really, really deep, or it could just be as simple as, oh, yeah, I've got na nails in my hands and my feet. And this is the thing. All over the world, people have hand nails in their hands. We got a guy from Malaysia. Guess what? You look at his hands, nails on his hands and his feet. Why? Mm -hmm. To show Yahweh's, Yahweh's purpose just filtering out throughout the whole world. So you got four points of blood over there. So you got blood. The next thing you had to do, you have in, in your tabernacle pattern, you come to water. So where do they have to go? They have to go through the divided waters of the Red Sea. Now they mm -hmm. said there was a different way to go, but, but you know, yeah, Joshua told them, no, this is the way we're going. And they walked across on dry ground. Now I was reading, I watched this thing one time about, uh, we don't think too much of chariots, but chariots back then were an excellent, an excellent form of, uh, of a war machine. And they could be fast and they could be, um, they, could, they could turn on a dime and everything else. And these things could come up on you fast. And, what, and so they were an excellent war machine. Well, what does Yahweh do? He makes it dry ground. They go across on dry ground. What does he do? He lets it get all muddy and wet and everything. They, they get stuck and they crash right there in, in the middle of the Red Sea. And then all you see is their dead bodies on the other side. And the people go forth through the divided waters of the Red Sea, the children of Israel. Now, here's a really good point. And, and you know, Yashua showed it to me and it's so simple, but I love it. When they go into the divided waters of the Red Sea, they are following the cloud, right? The children of Israel are following the cloud. They're following the spirit. What are the Egyptians following? The flesh. Mm. They're not following the spirit. They're following the flesh. So what happened to those that followed the flesh? They died. Mm -hmm. What happened to the ones who followed the spirit? They made it up into the wilderness and they were singing songs of thanksgiving. They picked up a, Mary picked up a timbrel. The people started dancing, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. It had better words than that. But anyways, death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. Go up and through the door into the holy place. In the holy place, you have a principle of four. You go from the door to the, to the lampstand, that's 10 feet, to the altar of incense, that's 10 feet, to the table of Shubra, that's 10 feet, back to the door, 10, 20, 30, 40. How long did they have to be in the wilderness? 40 years. And then when you think of, when you go back and you look at Noah, how long did it rain? 40 days and 40 nights. Yahshua is showing us something. How long did it take to, um, does it take for a child to develop in the womb? 40 weeks. Yahweh's showing us something over and over again, right? They followed that cloud. It was a, um, with the, with the um, lampstand, Yahweh showed himself as a pillar of fire. So you got fire over there on that lampstand. It wasn't a can, you know, it wasn't a candle. It was going by oil and it's significant. Oh, that's really pretty. It's, <laughs> don't you love working with this stuff? It's very significant. 
and and Moses, and and I really admire Moses because he says when he goes up into the mount and he comes down and he see the people are messing around, he says, "Take my name out of the book, out of the book of life." He's laying himself down for the people, and at one point he says, "Hey, did I give birth to all these people?" But Yahweh has put it in his heart and his mind that he has love unto love unto the people. He's laying his life down. He has a type of an intercessor. And you can also see it with the priest. Do you know what? The priest had the names of the children of Israel emblazed on his chest. Each one of the tribes, they were emblazed on his chest in um, jewels. And oh, thank you. And he had he had the name, he had the he had the names of the tribes, the jewels on his chest, chest to show how much. He loved them, that he was taking responsible, responsibility. Yahshua died for us. He's showing that he died for, he died for his son. He also has the names of the um, tribes on two onyx stones, six on one shoulder, six on the other. So he loves them and he takes responsibility for them. Well, you understand that. If you ever had a child, if you ever had a pet, <laughs> You love them. I never had a pet or a child, but I had kids in school and you love them and you feel responsibility for them, right? So that's what Yahweh's showing. He's showing his divine love that does not end. You know, people go out with somebody like, I love you. Then when the thrill is gone, well, where did the love go? It's not like that with Yahweh. The love does not end. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What about us Gentiles? Are we included? Yeah, you're included. If you see at the at the edge of the... um the gown of the high priest. He's got the pomegranates showing forth. They're full of fruit because he said that, that the promise that was going to be given through Abraham. And can we get this Galatians, I think it's three and 28, that it was going to be, that it was going to be for the, for all the world. So it was going to be for the Jew and the Gentiles. So there's going to be much seed coming through the Gentiles and it's gonna be an innumerable host. You cannot count them. And it's not like, it's not like here where you say, you say, oh man, all these people are coming over. What am I gonna feed them all? You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> He's eternal. He has fed multitudes. You don't have to worry about having too many. Um, do we get that? Mm -hmm. That's Galatians 3 and 28. Thank you. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Yahshua the Messiah. Yeah, so, and, and it's, keep going, please. And if ye be the Messiahs, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So you have these groups, the black Israelites, and they look at, they look at the Jews and say, well, why don't we get the promises? Why don't we get it? You do! Could you read that again? Um, I think it's 28 and 29 where you were reading. Mm -hmm. Galatians 3 and 28. Thank you. There is neither Jew nor there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. See, after he takes, after he goes to his death, burial, resurrection, pours out this Holy Spirit, right? You're not, we're not worried about your um lineage. People want to know. Especially, especially black people. What's my name? I lost my name when they we got on this boat. We, you know what your name is? Yashua Jr. <laughs> that's that's the name of salvation. That's the name that counts. I mean, you know, if you can like, you know, like this guy, even the guy who wrote that book, Kinta Kunte, he he lied. He stole stuff from other stuff. That 
that um, the the um, the trip that people took from Africa to the United States to the United States and all around the world that's over, and every every group has suffered some kind of bondage, some kind of pain, some kind of suffering. You need to forget that and understand that Yahshua had a way of escape for you way before all of that. So don't worry about being Madam X and all this thing. Find out about your true father. His name is Yahweh. Find out about your husband. His name is Yahshua. That means Yahweh is salvation. And despite all the horrible things that happened to the people as they were put on the ships and brought over here and all that kind of stuff, that is in the past. This is in the present. And now you can know what the world would love to know because people are really upset. People, you know, they say there's, there's drinking more, there's, there's drugging more and everything. People are really upset. Why aren't we upset? Because like the song goes, mother told me there'd be days like this. We were told there was gonna be days like this. So it's like, okay, this is what's gonna happen next. Let's, let's move on. Um, could you read that again in 328, please? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Galatians 3 and 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Yahshua the Messiah. And if ye be the Messiahs, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You got a promise through Abraham's seed. And when you go back and read the promises, it's like, Somebody puts their hand on you, they're going to be sorry that they did. It's like, okay, Yahshua, take care of it. And this is the thing, too, to understand. You may not make it through this physical life. We were reading the, the scripture reading today. And when, and when they picked up the stones, he knew they weren't getting ready to make a barbecue. They were getting ready to take him out. And he says, don't put it to their charge. That's that same spirit that Yahshua has. Father, you know, you know, the, don't put this on them, right? Mm -hmm. He knew he was going out and then, and then he fell asleep. And, and so we have to realize that whatever they can do, after they take your body, and then what? What are you going to do for an encore? After I'm out of this flesh, you better watch out. Okay, so I, I just wanted to go into the prophets real fast. The other day we were reading about the book of Ruth that I absolutely love. And you can read it too, because it's um, only four chapters. But anyway, I just wanted to, um, I wanted to, to run like blood, water, and spirit, and, and the um, different things to show the tabernacle pattern. So um, I was thinking, it would be fun. I was thinking to like, we have this, this, this chart, and I do not have this chart down. But I, when I read a story, I say, well, you know, if I was going to ride a plate, what would it look like? So when you read about the story of Ruth, the first thing happens is that three men die. So can we get Ruth one, one through five, please? And could you get me the, um, could you get me the uh, tabernacle, uh, the tabernacle pattern from the body tabernacle, please? Thank you. That's Ruth one. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, mm -hmm. he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was 
Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. Mm -hmm. And the name of his two sons was Molon and Shishlam. Mm -hmm. Ephraimites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Mm -hmm. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the woman of Moab. The name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. And Molan and Shilion died, also both of them. And the, women, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Okay, so you had that three men died, the father and two sons. So you can see that, um, you can pick up that manifestation of death on the altar, right? And um, they were married to women of Moab where you weren't supposed to be marrying women of Moab. According to the law, you were supposed to be marrying people from Bethlehem, Judah. Everybody was supposed to stay within their own tribe. So um, the way Yahweh had set it up is that according to the law, if, uh, if a people, if a woman um, her husband died, she was supposed to go onto her, onto her brother and have seed with him in order to bring up the inheritance and the name of her dead husband. Now, there was a, a man, Onan, who said, I refuse to do that. He spilled the seed on the ground. Yahweh hated that and he killed him. So Yahweh was, was, was showing through the law that he was going to be taking care of all the brother, all the, all the people of the children of Israel. So if you want water, you got Ruth uh, one and nine. One and nine. Yahweh grant ye that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. So they, they and wept. And they said unto her, surely we will. Mm -hmm. No, I just picked up wept because they cried. So blood, water. Now one was named Orpha. Mm -hmm. Now. Oprah, mm -hmm. they, they, when they would, when mm -hmm. her mother, and I don't know why people name their kids Jezebel. Well, they don't, but they, I met this girl named Vashti. Why would you name the kid Vashti? Vashti was the queen that left. Why would you name your kid Orpah? That's Oprah. She was the one that left too. But anyway, Ruth's name means friendship. So that you got, you got blood, the men die. You got water, Ruth cries. I mean, Ruth and Naomi and Orpah, they all cry. And then the resurrection is 1, 15 through 18. So one, she leaves and she's going back to her Elohims. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You want 15 first? Yeah, 15 through 18. Okay, and she said, Pick behold 14, thy sister-in-law. 14, 14, thank you. Okay, okay. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her God. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy Elohim shall be my Elohim. Where thou diest, will I die, and, and there will I be buried. Yahweh do so to me, and more also, if aught but death depart, excuse me, death part thee and me. 
When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. He's like, okay, I'm not going to talk. But so if you want to pick that up, uh, 16 again. Mm -hmm. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Thank and where you. thou lies, I will lie. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, that reminds mm -hmm. me, it's like when we came to this school and had an understanding, it's like they said, it's like your, your shoes were nailed to the floor. You're not going nowhere. You're stuck. And she says, where you go, I will go. Continue. Mm -hmm. Where you, where thee go, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy Elohim, my Elohim. So she says, Where thou diest, will I. Excuse me, I'm sorry. My Elohim, your yeah. Elohim, that's my Elohim. I've seen the Moab. Mm -hmm. I've seen the Moab Elohims. I want this one. So she has undergone mm -hmm. a change, right? So death, burial, resurrection. Keep reading, please. Uh, where thou diest, will I die. Mm -hmm. And there will I be buried. So it's not going to be temporary. Excuse mm -hmm. me. I'm sorry. I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be right. temporary. It's not going to be, well, I'm going to stay with this old lady, Naomi, which means, um, I forgot what it means. It's something positive. But then she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me bitter because horrible things have happened to me. She's not just going to stay until the old lady dies. She has adopted. She has taken in this family and she is going to be obedient to their law, which was altogether, which was just altogether amazing that she was going to take onto, onto these things because she was like a stranger to these people. Could you keep reading? Mm -hmm. uh, 18 verse. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Okay, so then... So they too went... Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's it, 18. So then you have to go through... Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so then she comes up here. She comes into the holy place. She's going to have bread. Can we get rules 2 and 14? She's, she's a, a single woman. Her mother-in-law is a widow they got some land that they can't be running the land all by themselves they need help and so she's going to go out and work and just being a moabite it's like if somebody you know if so if you know like in, in our culture somebody marries a, a white person and says you know white person marries into a black family it's like i'm going to be with you people it's like really you're giving up all the the police not stopping you and uh, uh, yep i'm going to be with you to the end so, um, uh, 214. That's Ruth 2 and 14. Mm -hmm. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat and was sufficed and left. So, what happens is that she goes to the field. And she's just going to go up and glean um, from, she's going to go, they, they, according to the law, you weren't supposed to pick everything. You're supposed to leave the gleanings. And, and uh, Boaz, who was her near kinsman, almost her near kinsman, he's, he says to his men, leave stuff for her to find, right? So he does that, he, she does that on purpose. So she's gathering, so she's working 
for for she's working as a Gentile among all these Jews, and it's it's amazing to see her do that. So she's receiving bread. Now, um, if we can get Boaz, um, uh, Boaz is going to be as an intercessor to her. Ruth two and nineteen. Yes, I know five minutes. I got it. Two um, Ruth two and nineteen, and her mother-in-law said unto her, "Where hast thou gleaned today?" And, and where rostest thou? Blessed bless be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wroth and said, the man's name with whom I wroth today is Boaz. Okay, so this, this very wealthy man is looking out after him. He's gonna intercede for her. And then what she does to, in order to let her know that she's willing to do this because he's an old man, she's a young woman. He's like, you know, what do I want? What do I want him for? Because she's extending the courtesy or the love that Yahweh had allowed for these, the, her husband still to have, what's the word? Re, still to have a, a lineage. So can we get um, Ruth 3 and 13? That's Ruth 3 and 13. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as Yahweh liveth, lie down until the morning. And 14. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, let it not be known that a woman came unto the floor. So she comes to the flushing floor in the middle of the night. She takes his garment. She, you know, exposes his soul, the soul of his feet. She lays down. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to honor my dead husband. I'm going to honor the laws of Yahweh, right? And then when you go into the most holy place, she, um, he, he works as an intercessor. In, a, in effect, you know, he, he pays, he pays their, um, their debt and everything. He marries her. They have um, offspring. The child's name is, is Obed. This child and Ruth end up being in the lineage of, of uh, David. And, and, and David is showing forth the ruling tribe, the kingship tribe. Obed means worshiper. When you go up into this most holy place, you got holiness unto Yahweh emblazoned on your, on your, on your forehead with the priest. They are going to have she, they are going to be worshiping Yahweh. And it's because she accepted the responsibility that she saw as being the wife of Chilean and she willingly died. Now, this is my this is my thought. I don't know whether it's true or not. It's like when she lays at his feet, it kind of reminded me like a, as a cross. He's laying down, she's laying at his feet. It's like she's just sacrificing her life. She didn't go back and and be with with, with her people. She came and she stayed with them and she made a commitment. So anyway, I, I uh, just thought, I'm sure there's a whole lot more to this. I just wanted to share this with us and to encourage us and for us to realize that Yahweh always had the um, Gentiles in mind, just like blacks coming forth from Africa, he always had you in mind. You don't have to run around and trying to be a Hebrew Israelite you can be, you can have the real light of Yahshua by knowing him as he really is and actually exists. And the way Yahweh makes this tabernacle pattern, 
it, it went on all different kinds of ground. It went on brown soil, it went on white sand, it went on red clay. So just to show that this spirit can operate in anybody and it's only the devil that would be having us looking at each other after the flesh and hating each other. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Lenore Allen for that edifying lecture. That brings the conclusion to our lecture today. We want to again thank our visiting brethren, Dr. Joel Turner from our Tampa, Florida class, Dr. Lenore Allen from our Brooklyn, New York class, Dr. Tina Pettigrew, the president of the Lansing branch, and Clifford Cardoza from Malaysia, as well as all of our viewing audiences. We, the Southfield branch Zoom classes are held on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. and on Sunday from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. We will now all stand, if we please, in our hearts and mind and recite the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and forever. Let us all say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.